Hoot 7 proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock. Goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground. It's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall. Ellis. Left corner. Bang! From way down under. Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat. To the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Count the best. Ellis for the reverse. Through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out. Feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis, pull up jumper! Cody Ellis, bang! Cody Ellis, can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis! Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another weekend. Cody, we're getting to the business end now of the NBL season. The play-in tournament is done. We're down to the final four teams. We're even one game into the semi-final series for for one of them. The New Zealand Breakers getting that jump over the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. We're waiting for the start of the Sydney Kings against the Cairns Taipans. The seasons are over for the South East Melbourne Phoenix and the Perth Wildcats. The Brisbane Bullets have got their new coach. We had the awards announced last week. So there's plenty for us to get through, Cody. We might have fewer games to talk about, but no shortage of things to discuss here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle for this week. I'm Chris Pike, but the man you've all tuned in to hear from, the former Illawarra Hawks and Sydney Kings forward, Cody Ellis. How do we find you this week? Yeah, good, mate. Good, good. Um, look, lots going on, obviously, still. And, uh, yeah, plenty of talk over social media about uh, did the Cats actually make the playoffs and, <laughs> yes. and all that sort of uh, fun stuff. But, uh, no, look, um, interesting interesting few games in those play-in uh, qualifiers, but uh, they were all lots of fun to watch. Yeah, they were. So, yeah, we saw the, the Wildcats knock out the Phoenix, then the Taipans knock out the Wildcats, and we're down to the top four. So the top four teams at the end of the regular season are the mm-hmm. top four that we're, we're left with. So I think that probably has turned out how it probably deserved yeah, to, yeah. I think, in the end, Cody. Um, we're here thanks to Hoop7, of course. So head to hoop7.com.au to do all of your basketball shopping, get your shoes, get all of your gear you hope for. If you happen to be in Perth, head into the physical store on Murray Street. Gee, Cody, I mean, you, you almost need to take out a, a bank loan sometimes to head in there because once you, <laughs> once you head in, yeah. you just find new things every time. You certainly do, you certainly do. And uh, I find myself just... Browsing their website nearly <laughs> yes. every other day, just seeing what's new and all that sort of stuff. And uh, look, I'm looking forward to work settling down so I can get back mm. in there. How excited are you to get a new pair of shoes? Because your NBA one season of the Warwick Senators, you're into preseason training now. It's getting close. Yep, yep. This is the time of year that the missus kind of hates because <laughs> I uh, end up buying three or four pairs of shoes usually. Mm. So mm. now nah, look, uh, excited. There's lots of good stuff coming out. So mm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously excited to uh, to get some new kicks. You've got your coach back now as well. Unfortunately for him, the yes. Wildcats season is over. So your your coach is, is back, Luke Brennan, but he's also brought in his his old old running mate to help you out this season. Yes, mate. Yeah. So uh, you know, I think um, kind of put a coaching staff together that um, can kind of help fill that void a bit um, when when triggers away. Mm. So um, you know, Edo being able to fill one of your old old podcast mm-hmm. mates, um, been able to fill that role when. Um, 
when Trigg does end up going away and has Wildcats commitments, mm. I think is, uh, is, is going to be good for us. You had so many wars against them mm. when you were at the Senators, they were at the Wolves. Is it, is it strange still sometimes to see them now on your side? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I know he's still uh, trying to get used to the blue mm. and green rather than just mm-hmm. the green. And then, uh, you know, obviously he was um, up the hill for a for, mm. um, couple of seasons there as well. So, no, look, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be mm. good. You know, always had uh, had some battles against him, but uh, nice to have his brains on our side. Mm. No, excellent. All right, Cody, so we're here to talk talk NBL. Um, the playing tournament is done. Um, we talked about the merits of it before it, ha- it happened. Now that it's mm. happened, we saw the two play-in games. So we saw the Wildcats beat the, beat the Phoenix and then the actual play-in game, I, I guess it was technically called. The Titans yeah. beat, beat the Wildcats and, you know, the Jack Jumpers... I guess got themselves out of the playing tournament by betting cans on Thursday night as well. Um, now that the playing tournament is done, did you like it? Uh, yeah. Look, I, I did. I think I still think that it, it made it exciting for the for the last month and a half of the season. Yep. So look, I think end of the day, the top four were the ones that end up making. Mm. The eventual top four, yes. and I think that's fairly rightfully so. I think those are the four best teams for this season. But yeah, look, it wasn't without a scare for Cairns, mm. um, obviously. Um, and then, look, I, I do think that NBL needs to figure out how to word it properly. Because yeah. uh, like even even now with the top four, there's no semi-final. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I mean re- they are the old semi-finals still, yeah. but they have decided to call them the playoffs, which yeah. makes it confusing. Then the, the whole thing is called the finals. Yeah. Then you had the play-in. Tournament, playing tournament, and yeah. then you have the playoffs. It, it's it's strange, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. There's, Is there anything there's, wrong with just having? I guess you can still call it a playing tournament. And now we've got the semifinals, then you've got a grand final. Is yeah. there anything wrong with just going back to no, that? No, no. I think they've tried to be a bit too clever with it mm. all, and it's all become a bit too wordy. And everything's got its own unique title each different mm. game. Even these two <laughs> semi-final games, you feel like each have got their own little yeah. title, and um. You know, obviously, like I mentioned before, you've seen social media just go absolutely crazy mm-hmm. with, did the Cats make the finals? <laughs> Is this two years in a row they haven't made the playoffs? And yeah, yeah. If depends you, if what you, side you're on. If you, if you call the whole thing the finals yeah. and then you've got the play-in play in finals and then you've got a semi-final and a grand final, then yeah. the whole thing is just the finals or playoffs, whatever you want to call it, but it is what it is. But all of a sudden now it, yeah. it, it creates that doubt, doesn't it? So you're not quite sure where it all fits. Yeah, no, you're not. And look, Ultimately, I think once you hit a part of the season where other teams can no longer play and mm. participate, mm. I, that's technically postseason, yeah. right? So yeah. that's that's postseason. It's that's postseason. It's finals. It's playoffs. Whatever you want to yeah. call it, that it is that's that is what it is. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. And look again, you know, it depends what side of the fence you're on. <laughs> yeah. I'm happily happy sitting in the middle of that and mm. sitting on mm. top of the fence. But um, look, yeah, it's, it's all all a bit too much. Um, but look, I think. The games themselves were really good. I yeah. think the quality on the on the floor was was really good. We saw a bit of an epic collapse mm. um, with the Phoenix, and then we saw um, you know Cairns come out and and prove kind of everyone wrong that mm-hmm. even with their two main guys yeah. out, that they're just as good, if not better, without them. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, it, it, it was. I mean, all, all every game that we saw was was fascinating. All four games. So it started on Thursday night. The playing qualifier again, this, like you said, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix dominated. Probably the first 31 minutes of the game, but yeah. then, like you said, epic collapse. But 41 points in the last nine minutes of the That's game ridiculous. from the Perth Wildcats to win 106 to, to 299. Then second up was the seeding qualifier. So basically, the winner of this would go straight into the semi-finals, and it was the Jack Jumpers that beat the Taipans in Cairns 87 to 79. And then on Sunday, 
the play-in game itself for, for the winner to go into the, the semi-finals. The Cairns Taipans, like you said, even without Tajir McCall and Keanu Pinder, too good for the Perth Wildcats, 91-78. to 78. And then the first of the semi-finals between the New Zealand Breakers and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, the Breakers, 88 over the Jack Jumpers, 68, far too good. So yeah. why don't we start with what we saw on Thursday night in that play-in qualifier? Because like I said... Phoenix dominated most of the game. Yeah. 13 points up they were to start the fourth quarter, and from that point on, the Wildcats scored 41 points. Bryce Cotton, remarkable. Up until halftime in that game, his last six quarters, he had shot, I think it was 3 of 29, and then all of a sudden he turns it on and plays plays, plays match winner. Um, it would have been horrible to be in the Phoenix's shoes, but we've talked all season how, mm. how explosive the Wildcats can be, and boy, they, they showed it. Yeah, they certainly did. Um Look, the Phoenix literally just choked that away. Mm. Like that's especially in a in a playoff game, you can't be up double digits at home. At home mm. and give up forty one points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's just and even offensively, they just look like you know Mitch Creek, who has been a legitimate threat from three all year, even in transition pulling up from three in transition all all season. Wide open on the three-point mm. line, not even looking at the rim. Yep. You know, it was almost like they were trying to hold that lead rather than trying to just keep playing. I mean, look, all all the credit obviously to, to the Cats. They came mm. out and they knew that their season was on the line and yeah. came out absolutely balling. They um, did, but like you touched on the Phoenix. I mean, how much of it was their own fault? Because Gary Brown had had a really good, especially first half, and mm. Mitch Norton shut him down yes, in the in the fourth quarter. Alan, like you said, Mitch Creek disappeared, but so did Alan Williams yeah. in this in the second half. Um, all their big guns disappeared. They did, they did. They uh, kind of went into their shell a little bit, mm. which was really odd to see. You know, I think while Bryce was the one that made all the shots, and um, I think he had like twenty two or something in yeah. the fourth quarter. I yeah. think it was. That's that's huge for them, and mm. that was massive for Bryce just to kind of get his confidence back mm. up a little bit, I think. I still think Nordo was probably the difference maker in yep, that fourth sure. quarter. Dan, I was so happy to see him out mm. there and, and making that a difference, you know. Had the 10 points, um, but it was all on the defensive end. Yep. You know, he, he really, really stuck in Brown's pocket, you know, took some charges, mm-hmm. just made some big plays, and just being a pest, Yep, I think, you know, what, what he does best. Well, well, Brown had dominated the game up yeah, until that had. point. Yeah, he, he really had. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's what the Cats had been missing on, on the defensive end mm. is that someone in there that's willing to dive on a loose ball, yep. that's willing to put his body on the line. Um, and make life difficult for, yeah. <laughs> for their opponent. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, big call having the two Webster boys on the bench mm. late in the game. And big shout-out to those two, though. They were up and active yes. on, on the bench, waving towels, screaming, all that sort of stuff. It was really cool to see. Mm. And I think that's huge for them going forward into next year. And They, they do seem to have really bought into the time. culture. And that wasn't always the case at the Breakers, but they seem no. to actually really enjoy being with this Perth team. They do. And that, that was always the worry when they signed with the mm. Cats. Well, especially when Corey signed early. Mm. I think the big thing and the big question mark over him was, is he a, like... Does is he good fit, for your culture? Does yeah. he fit in the culture right? And I think he has. I think yep. he's bought in really nicely. I think big thing with him and Bryce out there is there is only one basketball. That's that's the only mm. issue, you know. Mm. And I think we saw with Corey off, that's when Bryce started to go to work a bit just because he had the ball a yep. bit more. Yep. I still think that they can play together for sure. And we've seen that throughout, mm. especially this past probably month and a half. Yeah. Um, 
But it would be interesting to see how Ty goes with a preseason under his belt. And it's always tough coming into a season, well, really, towards the end of it, yeah. not even midway through, um, and, and trying to fit in and make an impact. So, um, yeah, look, I, I think they, they were tough. They were really good. Brady Manick was mm. automatic. You know, he had some shots where Creaky was right up, yep. had a really good hand, and he's just too tall with yeah. too, too high a release. And, um yeah, look. Yeah, I, even in the first half, the only reason they were close was because of because of Brady. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. And he had would have had about eighteen in that first half, I yeah, reckon, I or twenty. I think it was um, nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, and just make timely shots. You know, shots where it looked like Phoenix were about to just run away with it completely. Mm. Um, he would come down, make back to back triples, or you know, make make mm. a big play. And you're right, that game would have been over at halftime if it wasn't yeah. for him. Yeah, so that was the end of the Phoenix's season. We'll we'll get your thoughts on their season and what their prospects are moving forward a bit later, and we'll do the same with the Wildcats, but they've got one more game we'll talk about. But the Cairns Taipans, they really struggled on, on Thursday night against the Jack Jumpers. It felt to me like a game that was... We talked last week. This game would come down to who could control the tempo, yep. and it was played completely to the Jack Jumpers' tempo. The Taipans couldn't get out and run at all. The Jack Jumpers did a tremendous defensive performance and then were just, just I guess, efficient enough offensively to, to get the job done with, with you know, Doyle's 25 points, Isaac White stepping up. We mm-hmm. wondered who would step up without Josh Majetta. It was, it was Isaac White ultimately more than anybody. Rashad Kelly was good. Jack McVeigh was good. Um, the Jack Jumpers just controlled that game and... You know, they fully deserve to go straight into that mm-hmm. that series against the, the Breakers. Oh, they did. And, you know, Tazzy tries to grind it down and slow the game down a bit, mm-hmm. especially defensively. And to hold Cairns to 79 points, I think, is really mm-hmm. impressive effort. You know, Cairns want to want to be able to score in the 90s or the yeah. high 80s yeah. and 90s. And Tazzy just didn't let them do it. They just did a really good job, just knuckled down on defense, um, you know, made made life hard for, for most of those guys, um, you know, McCall still got his numbers, but mm. it was everyone else that kind of struggled a yeah. bit and didn't really find their rhythm. Um, but no, look, Doyle was unbelievable. Mm. He was um, he certainly came out and proved why he was uh, in that uh, All Star Five yes. team. And just a couple big shots that late three mm. um, with with Ho guarding him yep. and over a really good contested hand mm. and just stuck the dagger in and that was it. Isaac White, mm. goodness me. It was a coming out game if ever I've seen one, and he was just just all energy, and that's what we've seen from him. Yeah. Um, I think uh, he he can be that little spark plug for them. Mm. I think especially with Majet not playing, there needs to be those guys that step up, and you know he's still not even a fully rostered player. No, he's still no, just he's a replacement player. Yeah, exactly. So look, I think he'll uh, he'll certainly earn a contract, yeah. whether it's with Tassie or, or somewhere mm. else. But uh, I think he's certainly earned a, a contract, if not just this game, but mm. over the whole season. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's set up Sunday, um, and it started back in Cairns for the the play-in game. So an elimination game between the Taipans and the Wildcats, and for mine it was set up for the Wildcats to <laughs> to advance. I yeah. mean they they were coming off the momentum of what they did in that fourth quarter on Thursday night. Bryce Cotton had his confidence back up. They had had two big wins in Cairns mm-hmm. already this season, and they were playing a Taipans team that looked pretty tired, looked pretty wounded. They'd lost to Jim McCall as well with his sore shoulder that he suffered in that game on Thursday. He didn't play for the game on Sunday. Everything was pointing towards, I thought, a Wildcats victory. Yeah. But credit to the coach of the year, Adam Ford, and credit to probably other guys stepping up. Yeah. D- DJ Hogan, Bull Kowal dominated this game. And so I think it was all because of just the extra opportunity without Pinder and McCall there. Um, the Taipans were pretty much in control from the start. They really were. Um, you know, just 
from the first tip, you're right. They just kind of controlled the tempo uh, mm. again, and that's that's really when you're playing a team like Cairns and Tasmania, for instance. You know, the the team that controls the tempo is probably going to get up. Mm. And look, the Cats only scoring 78 points. Yeah. That's not a recipe for them to win. Mm. Um, we've seen that. They need to be scoring in the 90s or 100s for them to get wins because they do. They struggle to guard, mm. um, and that's been their downfall um, downfall all year. And that and rebounding. So yeah. look, I think Hogue was absolutely unbelievable. He was mm. um, just a very classy game from it him, was. and um, just kind of put the team a bit on his back and said, "All right, let's do this." Um, Bull Quoll. An aggressive bull qual is is mm. really cool to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, I think was slowly seeing him um, just get more comfortable with himself mm. offensively. Mm. Yep. Um, he was always that defensive juggernaut for them, and they're kind of spark plug on that end. Mm. But when he comes out and is aggressive, it changes the dynamic of that team mm. because now teams have to guard him as well. Sure. You know, I thought Wardenberg was was really good. I think he switched on to Bryce a few times mm. and just guarded him perfectly. Mm. Gapped him enough where he could get a really good hand if Bryce pulled up. Mm. Bryce tried to attack him, just slid his feet well, made it tough for him. Mm. And look, they, they did a really good job on Bryce for most of the game. Um, you know, he kind of got loose a couple times, mm. but they didn't let that avalanche, which usually happens when, when Bryce yeah. gets going yeah. a little bit. I thought the, the best thing they did with Bryce was they, they m- turned him into a playmaker. Yeah. So they wanted to get the ball out of his hands, and if he did score, they wanted to make him drive. So they took away his, mm-hmm. his three-point three shooting. I mean, John really after the game said that, look, if we're talking about a guy having 19 points, 10 assists, and he's had a bad game then, yeah. that shows how special he is, and, yeah. and he's right. But what the Taipans did was, you know, credit to Adam Ford, they made... If the Wildcats were going to win, they were going to lose because somebody else stepped up, not yep. not Bryce Cotton, and nobody else stepped up. So no. Corey Webster struggled, you know, fourteen points on five of fourteen. Luke Travers, we talked last week. Um, that game he played against against Sydney, and then you know he, he was pretty good against the Phoenix, but he was really quiet. Five points on two of seven. Mm-hmm. Even Brady Manick only shot five of fourteen in this game. They, I guess, they dared somebody else to beat us, yeah. not Bryce, and nobody else did. No, they didn't. Um, no one else was able to step up. You know. Corey missed a ton of shots that he'd usually knock down. Mm. Brady did the same. There was a few threes there that he would usually hit, and he certainly did against Phoenix, Mm -hmm. um, that didn't fall for him. Um, In saying that, they were all fairly heavily contested. You know, um, Travers was was a bit MIA as well, Mm. um, especially after having those two really good games um, in the last last couple games for him. But, yeah, look, uh, that's always been the thing. Um, Going at Bryce on the other end, I think, attacking him we saw Shannon Scott go at him a yep. few times and kind of just get to the rim because you know Bryce doesn't want to foul he doesn't want to sit on the bench with, mm. with in foul trouble he wants mm. to, he needs to be out there for them and then yeah look they were just physical with him I think um you know really hit it on the head if you're talking about 19 and 10 being an average <laughs> yeah, game then yeah. that's uh that is ridiculous but look uh, all credit to Cairns they just controlled the tempo the full full game made big shots late just anytime Perth would make a bit of a run, they'd stop it within a couple of possessions mm. um, and not let it avalanche and get out of control. Mm. And yeah, look, I, I think uh, fairly deserved to go through the semis. It's an impossible question to answer, but I I just get the feeling that both DJ Hogan and Bull Kowal don't have that sort of an impact 
if especially Tajir McCall mm. is out there. Now, Tajir brings a lot of great things. He Absolutely. brings great energy. He can he can create plays out of things that nobody else can mm-hmm. create just through his, his energy and the way he go, goes about it. But at the same time, they have a they have a a lot more control, calmness. Yeah stability when he's not there and Shannon Scott's running the point they can defer to Bull and he can be aggressive and, yep. and look for his offensive game and gee there's times when DJ Hogue doesn't see the ball but I would if I was if I was the Taipans I would never want to have an offensive possession where he doesn't at least touch yeah. the ball and, and have the chance but I just don't know if Hogan Kual can be the match winners they were if Tajir's out there so mm. it's a fascinating I guess dilemma for Adam Ford moving forward assuming that McCall's back for, for Wednesday's game one yeah it's going to be interesting to see if he is back you know they were saying he's probably out for a week and a bit so mm. I mean he, look he was in a sling on the side yeah. it's, it's never a great sign to mm. be honest with you but um, yeah, look, uh, it's it's a tough one because he does he he gives so much to that team, mm. especially on the defensive end. He's long, he's athletic, he reads the game really well. Mm. He gambles a lot, but a, mm. most of the time it comes off. Mm. And then offensively, he's just he's hard to guard because he's just all over the place. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's he. I don't think he knows what he's <laughs> yeah. doing. Yeah. He's just kind of reading what's happening, mm. and with his spin moves and his length and his slow steps mm. and his little shot fakes. He's, 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 uh, he's a really tough guard. But with him out of the lineup, Cairns do play more discipline. And yeah. we heard Forty say that. Mm. They, they do. They, they move the ball more. They get through their, their sets. And it does. It ends up in Hogue's hands. Yep. And that's, that's what you want. Mm. You know, he, he's an NBA player. Mm-hmm. Hogue is an NBA player. And he's proved that all year. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. Bull Quall probably doesn't get those same opportunities either. Mm. Um, he probably isn't as aggressive offensively with, mm. with Taj out there. And all of a sudden he's the third option yeah. as, as the ball handler. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So, And it, even even to an extent, Wardenberg. I think mm. he's still – his role probably doesn't change a whole lot. Um, it certainly does with, with Keanu out. Mm. But, um, yeah, look. You had some of those guys, even Latman, yeah. who came out and was was really impactful in this yeah. game. Hit some big threes, um, some shots that I thought as soon as he <laughs> let it ride, I went, "Oh, what is he doing?" And then cash. I was like, yeah. "Oh, okay, well yeah. there you go." Um, and that's that's all credit to Forty and just yeah. pumping confidence through these guys. Mm. Um, so look, I, I really enjoy watching Cairns play. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they go if if Taj is back. Yeah, it will. Okay, so second up on Sunday was the first game between the New Zealand Breakers and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. I don't know what what the Breakers have done to get this bad luck, but all of a sudden we had floods in Auckland a couple of weeks ago that threatened a, threatened a game down there, and now all of a sudden we've got a cyclone there, which which threatened this game. And both teams had to fly out. I think it was I think it was seven a.m. the next morning to get to Tasmania yeah. because the airport was going to be closed an hour later, yeah. and if they didn't get out when they got out, then stuck. Thursday night's game might might never have happened in in Hobart. So I know the Breakers were looking forward to a day off at home on Monday, yeah. which they then lost. But whatever they get thrown at them this season, they just seem to respond to. And they gee, they were they were way too good for the Jack Jumpers. Twenty point victory. Um, and it, and it felt like a 20-point game. They yeah. dominated in every single area. The Jack Jumpers couldn't get anything going offensively, couldn't really have an impact defensively either. Um, the Breakers just so efficient. So many guys stepped up. So they had eight guys who scored seven or more points, mm-hmm. and no one scored more than 15, but everyone played their role. As a team, they shot 53%, and then defensively they held their opponents to 68%, 33% shooting. Mm-hmm. Um probably as dominant a playoff game as you can, can get. Oh, absolutely. And you saw it from 
the very start of the game. Just their intensity on like defense. Twelve to two, I think it was. Started out twelve to two within the first. I think it was about two minutes, mm. if that. Yeah. Um, saw a quick timeout from from uh, Tassie and. Yeah, like just their intensity. It was just on another level. And, you know, that's that's playoff basketball. That's what you need to do. Um, you really saw how much Tassie missed Majet yes. in this one. Yes. Um, just purely because their ball handlers struggled a bit. Mm. Um, couldn't really set up what they wanted to. Didn't have that cool, calm head that Majet has mm. most of the time out there. And, yeah, look, uh, New Zealand were just tough. They just came out, ready to go. Everyone contributed uh, on both ends of the floor. Yeah, holding Doyle to ten points after the big game he had mm. last game was yeah. was massive, and that's that's what they need to do. They need to hold Doyle and Kelly down as yeah. much as possible, especially yeah. with Majet out. He only took nine shots. Yep. I mean, if I'm Tassie right now, I need Doyle taking twenty shots a game. Yeah, and that's but that's all credit to New Zealand no, sure. and how they guarded him. You know, didn't let him loose, didn't give him a sniff. It was <laughs> it was it was. Very well done, and it's it's one of those things that we've seen Tassie and New Zealand probably two of the better defensive teams all year, and we've we've we said it probably the first couple rounds of the year. New Zealand probably going to have the wood over them because they're a better scoring team. Yeah, but look, it's it's going to be interesting to see how how they go. Um, yeah, missed out on a on a day's break at home, which which really <laughs> sucks. But I think yeah. uh, you know I think that that'll be okay. It's finals, you know. It's one mm. of those things that. Lights at the end of the tunnel. You know, mm. this season is, is only a couple more weeks long. And, and they were uh, based, based out of Tassie for a long time yes. in the last two years, so they're yeah. pro- probably used to it. Oh, well, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Even though most of those guys weren't actually part of that, no, you sure. know, which, yeah. is, which is crazy. But uh, no, look, they've, they've kind of done it all year. They've, they've had stuff go against them a lot of the year, especially with that COVID week and a half that they had. They've been thrown around and just stuff's just... Oh, it's 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 been uh, brutal for them. Yeah. But uh, look, I think they're they're battle ready, and it's going to be um, a big one in Tassie because um, look, do or die for the Jack Jumpers. Yeah. Last one, and then we'll we'll take a take a break, Cody. Um, how good are the Sydney Kings feeling right now, mm. having to see the two wars that the Cairns Taipans had to go through, yeah. and now they've only got three days in between before Game One on Wednesday night? Oh, for sure. You know they've been sitting pretty and just kind of watching and, and seeing who they're going to face. Mm. Um, I think Cairns is, is, is going to be a tough one, mm. um, especially in this uh, last game against the Cats. We, we heard interviews from Forty saying that mm. he's put this team together to beat yeah. Sydney. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, and I'm sure it's going to be a bit of a game-time decision with Taj. Mm. Um, but, look, Kings are going to be ready. You know, they've, mm. they've, been, they've set the bar all season, and they are. They're the team to beat. Championship goes through Sydney now. Um, yeah. And look, Cairns have got their hands full, but uh, I, I think it's it's going to be a bit of a grind of a series and mm. it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Mm. All right, Cody, just quickly. Now, we had our awards throughout the season here on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. Now that we've, we've narrowed it down to the winners or narrowed it down to the final two in the Galen Award, let me get your quick thoughts on how our team did. So Damien Martin with the Damo Best Defensive Player. Justin Simon was a runaway winner. Yep. Pretty happy with that? Yeah, I am. He was my preseason mm-hmm. defensive player of the year. Mm. Um, so, look, again, it's hard to disagree with a bloke who's <laughs> named, who's, who's <laughs> has the uh, defensive player of the award trophy mm. for the NBL named after him. So, look, I, I, I do think he was right. Um, yeah, that's, that's fairly spot on. Matty Knight gave his votes in the player of the year award after each and every round, and it ended up being 
Milton Doyle, a pretty clear winner in the end. He, mm. knew, he wrapped it up with the five votes in the final round and he won just ahead of Mitch Creek and then we had both Derek Walton Jr. and Xavier Cooks just behind him. So his top four were all in the mm. all-first all team and yep. Bryce Cotton wasn't far back behind. But um, were you surprised that Milton Doyle won the award or are you pretty happy with it? Uh, look, not really. I think he is more of a standout on that team mm. than, than some of the other guys. Mm-hmm. Um Creaky did have Alan Williams in there, probably stealing some votes mm. f- from him. And yeah, I think I think um, Williams was was on that leaderboard. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. So no, look, I think Maddie got that one fairly right too. I think Doyle has been unbelievable mm. all year for Tassie and um, just kind of filled the shoes of Adams from last year, yeah. big big time, and he, he's he's done that very well. Now Scott Ninnis brought us the Galen best team man, and yeah. we narrowed it down to the final two. Who would you choose between Xavier Cooks and Antonius Cleveland for, for this one? Flip of the coin, mate. Mm. I, uh, they're the two that start of the year I would have said would be in the running for it. Mm. So, um, yeah, look, honestly, a flip of the coin. I think both have made such big impacts on their teams. Mm. Um, but, yeah, look, it's, it's a tough one. I, uh, I'm glad I'm not going to pick that one. Would, would you say no to winning the six packs of NBA hoops cards from Sports Card World, oh, though? I'd love that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, all right, Cody. It's been a lot to get through. Let's take a deep breath, and when we come back, plenty to get. Sounds good. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. I'm with Cody once again. And a bit to get through now, Cody. I want to wrap up sort of the seasons of the Wildcats and the Phoenix, get your thoughts on the Brisbane Bullets new coach. We haven't even touched on that yet. No. But we'll get to that shortly and then get your thoughts on the, I still want to call them the semifinals, technically <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. playoff series. Yep. We'll get your thoughts on those to come this week and find out who's going to make the grand final. But the, the awards, we did our preview last week. The results were announced last Tuesday night. Let me run through them quickly and see if anything surprised you. So the MVP was Xavier Cooks, Coach of the Year Adam Ford, Most Improved Player Keanu Pinder, Next Generation Award Sam Wardenberg, Best Defensive Player Antonius Cleveland, Best Six Man Barry Brown Jr. The All First Team was Derek Walden Jr., Bryce Cotton, Milton Doyle, Mitch Creek, Xavier Cooks. The All Second Team Barry Brown Jr., Chris Golding, DJ Hogue, Keanu Pinder, Derek Pardon. And the least surprising of all, the fans fans MVP yep. was Kai Soto. Um, <laughs> did anything surprise you overly? Oh, look, the only thing is probably Goulding in that second team. Hmm. Um, yeah, when we were talking about our selections, yeah, he didn't even come into our sort of calculations, did he? No, he didn't. And I mean, look, you look back Nothing at the season, yeah. look back at the season, and he had a, a really good season hmm. for Melbourne. And um, look, probably probably not too good on our part, excluding sure. Um, him and um, at least not having him in our discussions mm. about it. And uh, I think, you know, Rattan Mays and um, even Tucker. Oh, we're both seriously considered mm. Tucker, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, definitely. And if if it wasn't for the fact that the first few weeks of the season he wasn't really mm. <laughs> out there, didn't feel yeah. like he was out there, um, he, he certainly would have been in there. So... No, look, um, he was probably my only real surprise packet from all that. Yep. Um, but, you know, you look back at the season he had and it's, it's, I think it's still fairly well-deserved. Yeah, not too many surprises. No. As we talked about last week, I think a lot of them were, were flip-ups. The, the one that made me the happiest was Sam Wardenberg yep. getting the Next Generation Award because we talked about how he had the Rookie of the Year robbed, robbed 
off him. And we thought that Sam Froling would get this award. And mm-hmm. I was really happy to see that because yeah. he, he, he deserved to get an award. Yeah. No, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, I was, I was also very happy when, mm. I, when I heard his name called out because, uh, yeah, look, I, I think Forty certainly let it known as well um, yep. when they changed the name of the award yep. and changed the criteria and all that. That uh, And realistically, I think everyone kind of thought that Froling would mm. run away with that a bit. Um, I wonder if that's why the coaches and captains voted possibly. this way because they felt like it was unfair to mm-hmm. take the award off him. Yeah, possibly. And look, it's one of those things that when they got you know, their voting slips and got told, like, mm. look, you need to vote. I think it was only probably a week or so after it was, close, yeah. <laughs> it was changed. So they probably still had Rookie of the Year <laughs> yeah. in, in mind anyway. Um, but no, look, I think uh, I think he was very deserving of that. And he's he's been a massive part of why Cairns are where they are. Yep. The only other surprise for mine was DJ Hogue not being in the all-first team. Yep. Um, I, I mean, it's it's hard to take anyone out, but I would have ideally I would have had him probably ahead of Warden Jr. just in my all-first mm-hmm. team just because of how... How good Hogue yeah. has been at both ends yeah. of the floor. Yeah, no, definitely. And look, I had him just ahead of Doyle in mm. mind. Yeah, so yep. um, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. And, you know, there's, <laughs> it makes it hard. There's only five spots on there. Um, you've obviously got to have the three MVP candidates sure. in there. But look, uh, all those guys are, are certainly very uh, deserving of, of those uh, honours. All right. Um, let's wrap up the seasons. Let's start at the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Um, how would you sum up their season? It felt like it never quite got going. They never no. quite reached their potential. They probably weren't at full strength enough, but they did have everyone available for Thursday night's um, elimination game. Um, how would you sum up their season? Yeah, hit and miss a bit. I think mm. um, you're right. They never really got going. They never really got too much momentum behind mm. them. Mm. Um, once again, just a season plagued by injuries for them. Yep. Um, it seems to be what's happened to them since they came into the league, unfortunately. Mm. You know, they, they've just struggled to stay fully healthy. You're right, they had had their full full arsenal ready to go um, in their last game, but you wonder how healthy some of those guys well, were. I don't think Brokoff was anywhere close to 100%, wasn't he? No, and something that I didn't mention before, I think it was, it was really odd to see him play the first maybe two minutes of mm. the third quarter. Mm. And then get thrown back out there after not playing. Mm. You know, he, he got thrown out there with a minute to go yeah. and got asked to make two big plays. <laughs> I think it, was, that's... it was interesting. Simon Mitchell's talked afterwards about how he had been sort of informed by his medical staff yeah. that there's every chance that if you push him now, he's yeah. probably going to do more damage and we yeah. won't see him again beyond this game. So yeah. if we win, he probably won't be able to play yeah. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So that's why he didn't play. But yeah. then all of a sudden when the game was almost gone, they felt like there's probably nothing to lose that's try to win because yeah. otherwise he's sitting out for six months anyway yeah and look it's it's a tough one I do I do understand it but at that point like he hadn't played for probably about 45 minutes real mm-hmm. time yeah. you know yeah that's a long time especially with a bad groin to come out have to come off ball screens and, and you need to shoot uh, with your power in your legs exactly yeah. so it, it was really odd because we saw Rubes Ruben Tarangi come out mm-hmm. And be the only one that looked like he was he could score in that fourth quarter. He yeah. came out and hit, I think it was three or four threes yeah. in that fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, Trey Kell hit a couple shots. You know, we, we spoke about how some of those guys kind of went into their shell a bit, mm. but they did already have options out there. Mm. Um, you know, Rubes Rubes kind of got got going, and then sat on the bench a bit. Mm. So look, it's it's a tough one and. 
you know, certainly don't envy being Simon Mitchell in that situation. And mm. I mean, you've got a world class shooter in, in Rowdy sitting on your bench. You know, you, you want to use him. Yeah. But uh, no, look, I think overall, their season, you know, a frustrating one for them, I'm yeah. sure, because you're right, they probably didn't live up to their potential. And, you know, injuries played a big hand in that. Difficult question for you to answer, but I'm interested to get your thoughts. If you're Simon Mitchell, do you put your hand up to want to stay mm-hmm. coaching for a, for a fifth season? Because he was non-committal after the game, but it's difficult to answer these questions yeah, when it's so, so raw straight after. And secondly, if you're the Phoenix, do you want Simon Mitchell to be the man that you you lock in? Yeah, it's a tough one. It is, it is a really tough one, and I think he would want to go around again, I'm mm-hmm. sure. A um, bit of unfinished business and... Mm. You know, we've seen them. We've seen them be really dominant in this league when they're fully healthy. The trick is to try and keep everyone healthy. You know, mm. it's a lot easier said than done, and I've said it before. But luck plays such a big part in basketball, mm. um, especially at the pr- professional level, and um, they've just had zero luck, really. Mm. You know, and especially losing a guy like Joe Chi. Yes, you know. Could have been such a difference maker. Oh, he could have he? been. He could have been, and we've seen it before. We saw it last year when he was in. He, yeah. he was. He was really a difference maker for mm. them. Um, There's even a game earlier this season. I think it was against Tasmania mm. where he had about six dunks, and they just had no answer for him. Oh, that's it. He's he was massive. Mm. Massive plays the game well, understands it, and I think they use him well when he's out there. Mm. So you know, uh, look, tough one for him. I I would say he'll stick his hand up for the job again. Mm. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what the management do from the Phoenix because, look, a few seasons now in a row where they haven't lived up to their expectations. Mm. Um, they're in that kind of – in that Melbourne market that mm. is like success or, or it's fail. Yep. You know, like yep. you, you win or it's a failed season. And um, <sighs> the thing is I don't know how many other guys around there or around um, that they could get. Um, mm. It's a tough one. I, I'm, I'm sure they'll be looking, but mm. I'm not sure how committal they'll be to someone else at this point. When probably you, probably when, take a while to for them to make a decision. I reckon. When your superstar Mitch Creek endorses the coach so much and talks about how much he loves mm-hmm. their coach, how big of an impact does that have? Like when the Phoenix are making that decision, how big of a say does somebody like Creek have? I think it has to make an impact. Mm. I think for someone like him who. Um, MVP caliber season and you know he backed backed Simon Mitchell 100% yeah. so they, they clearly got such a, such a close bond yeah Cle- they, cl- they do yeah. yeah they do they do and it's something that they're they're still a new team into this league mm. they're still still trying to get a bit of momentum and yeah I, I think that it, it's tough to compare because of um, the culture that Scott Roth has, has had in Tassie in these mm last two seasons that they've just been in the league obviously a completely different market Mm. um but i do think that the phoenix have got a good little culture going Mm -hmm. and you know they've obviously got that um southeast corridor of of melbourne backed behind them and Mm. um yeah look i think they will end up going with him again Mm -hmm. um but you're right look i think having an endorsement from from your main guy Mm. is huge and I assume even Alan Williams, like he wouldn't have re-signed yeah. if he didn't think that Simon Mitchell would be the coach moving forward as, for sure, as well. For sure, for 
Perth Wildcats, Cody. Mm. Um, I don't think we've quite known how to explain their nope. season the whole season long. Their best has been probably better than anybody else's, especially mm. offensively, because they can just put up more points than everyone else. Yep. Their worst was probably even worse than we saw from Illawarra or Brisbane at, at, sure. at times. And defensively, they were... They were pretty terrible for yeah. most of the season. Rebounding-wise, they were pretty terrible. And there were times when they just didn't get enough help for Bryce Cotton. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw you know, a fair bit of that play out when they were, elim- were eliminated on Sunday. How do you sum up their season now that it's over? Uh, look, I think if you look at it on paper, probably a bit of a fail for sure. Um, offensively, I think you're right. Once they figured out how to play together and with each other properly, they... They were clicking on all cylinders. They were tough to stop. Mm. Um, we saw them, you know, score well over a hundred for a few weeks in a row mm. there. And look, that was all when when really shortened his roster. Yeah. Um, but we did see them struggle on the back to back, which you know that happens when you when you're playing big minutes. Well, and <laughs> you've said that the whole way, yeah. haven't you? The, yeah. It's the second game of a weekend that yeah. is the shorter rotation. Isn't going to work. No, they struggle. You can see they they don't have that same pop, and those shots are all of a sudden short. And what little bit of defense that they they were playing mm-hmm. was almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to go out and find some mongrels, mm-hmm. some real mongrels that will some some more Nordos is what they need. <laughs> yep, yep. Some more Nordos that are going to go dive on the floor. A five-man version of him would be nice. <sighs> Goodness me, any team could use that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, look, someone's going to dive on the floor, put their body on the line, be a leader on the defensive end. Um, they need to go get a big that is just a monster on the boards. Don't care if you can score or not, but someone that's going to go out and just monster the boards because they were awful. Uh, I think we've said this a few times. Derek Pardon would be an absolutely perfect fit. Yeah. Yes, he would. Yeah. Uh, would. Yeah. Suit them very nicely. Mm. Um, in saying that, he would fit on any uh, any roster. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, no, look, I, I think they've got a lot to lot to do this off season, yeah. um, and I'm sure they're already in uh, in talks about it and, and looking at what they need and their mm. depth chart. And obviously, it's going to be interesting to see what Jesse does if he yeah. uh, if he hangs them up. If we've seen the last of him, but yeah, look, I, I think it's. <sighs> It is. It's going to be a really interesting off-season for them because they've got a couple guys that are on contract that really just fell out of that rotation mm. big time. Yeah. You know, guys like Todd Blanchfield, who mm-hmm. you wonder if the, the Cats buy him out of his contract and, mm. and move him on or, or if they stick with him and, and see how he goes. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Well, let me run through the list and you just give me a yes or no if you expect or if you would bring these guys back for next season if you're the Wildcats. Let's start with the coach, John Really. Yeah, look, I think I, I think he will get another crack. Um, mm. You know, we saw glimpses of them being decent. Um, and look, it's it's always tough. Um, first year head coach, mm. it's the first time he's he's been a head coach. Mm. You know, he's always been an assistant and that sort of stuff. So um, obviously, it took a while for him to to really get his feet on the ground. But I think mm. towards the end of the year, they they were decent. Mm. Um, but look. The Wildcats is a completely different beast to a lot of other <laughs> yes. clubs. So, look, I do think he'll, he'll come back. All right, let's race through these. Tayshawn Thomas. No. Mitch Norton, under contract, so I would be surprised yep. if... He'll, he'll stay. Yep. Um, Corey Webster, again, under contract. Yep, he'll stay for sure. Bryce, Bryce Cotton. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, Todd Blanchfield's the interesting one. It is. Like you touched on, do they find a way to get out of his contract? Look, I, I think... 
it would be mutually beneficial for both of them. Mm. I think Todd can make an impact on a roster, um, but I just I don't think it's going to be on this roster. So it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, uh, wouldn't surprise me if, if they moved him on. Do you try and elevate Michael Harris? Uh, yeah, possibly, mm. possibly. Majuk Majuk. No. What does Luke Travers do? What is, if he doesn't get elevated into the NBA, what does he do that's best for his future? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. Mm. It's, it's a really tough one because the G League has become a lot better league now and just being over there mm. is, is more exposure. Mm. Um, in saying that, look, NBA scouts do now understand how good the NBL is, so mm. there are eyes on it all the time. Mm. And we saw multiple scouts out through, throughout the season. That's a bit of a flip of the coin. I think he needs to come out and be more consistent mm-hmm. um, and prove that he can do that. And, I mean, look, we saw his jump shot improve oh, yeah. just out of this world. Yeah. It's, it looks really good now. So, yeah, look, I think development-wise, it's a tough one. It's going to be what the Cavs want him to do. Mm-hmm. Jesse Wagstaff, what do you do if you're him? That's, yeah. I'm, I assume I'm, they leave it up to him to decide. I would assume so. I would assume so. Um, look, I have no idea. I honestly have <laughs> no idea. Um, yeah, it's 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 really how he and his body feels. I think um, we we kind of saw that he's that little bit of a step behind at mm. times. Um, but started off the season absolutely money from behind the arc, mm. you know, and then just kind of dwindled a bit towards yeah. the end of the year. I still stand by what we talked about last week. If he ends up retiring. Just throw everything at getting Daniel Johnson to yep. come back home. I think that would be a, a perfect fit. Yep. Um, Brady Manick. Uh, I don't think he'll be back. I don't think he'll be back. Ty Webster. So they signed him to a deal for next season. Yep. Do they stick stick with it? I think so. I think so. Uh, preseason under his belt, getting used to the team, used to the culture, I think will be really good for him um, if, if he can uh, buy in. Okay. So that's the two teams eliminated, Cody. Um Brisbane Bullets have a new coach, Justin Schuller, Melbourne United assistant coach. Um, he's done some good things at Siebel and NBL one level in, in Victoria as well. I think he's coach of the Supercats yep. mo- most recently, mm-hmm. or he still could be. Um, so he's been appointed the new coach of the Brisbane Bullets. Um, what was your reaction when you, when you first heard? Very interesting. Mm. Um, from the Bullets standpoint, I think trying to get someone that hasn't coached at the NBL level to be a bit more of a yes man, I think, mm. is probably where they've gone with this. Mm. Um, but look, he's he's been under, you know, some some fairly good head coaches, yeah. and uh, you know, he's he's learnt a lot. Obviously, um, I, I, look, I think he'll be, I think he'll be good. I think he'll be mm. a bit refreshing for for the squad. And mm-hmm. um, look, all, all the best to him. We've seen Simon Mitchell come out from under Vickerman mm-hmm. and and be fairly successful. Mm. Um, so hopefully, uh, Justin can do the same. Do you know much about him? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Um, yeah, look, I've met him before, but uh, just, yeah, I haven't had a, a whole lot to do with him and, and I'm not really too familiar with him, um, mm. unfortunately. But, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with, with Brisbane. I was surprised in the sense that there was a lot of talk around the time when they were looking to lock in who they would for the rest of this season that they wanted to go mm-hmm. an American coach. Their, their ownership back in America wanted to... I guess bring a new face into into the league, somebody with an American perspective, and that was the what they were looking at. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out then. But I 
I just imagined that's the path they were going mm-hmm. to go down moving forward. Yeah. And if that didn't work, I imagined if they were going for a, a local assistant that Greg Vanderjat had done mm-hmm. a good enough job to probably deserve to be to be locked in. So yeah. I guess that's why it surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I think so. And look, Greg may have gone, no, nah, I don't want it. Possibly. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, he was thrown into it, like we've discussed multiple times uh, on here kind of even without his knowledge. So, mm. you know, mm. it might be something that he just said, no, I don't want to do it. Yeah, Find someone yeah, else. For sure. The thing, I've heard Justin talk since, and he's talked about how excited he is because pretty much all the reasons that we were so buoyant about the Bullets coming into this season mm-hmm. is still, I think, I think it's still all in place for, for next season. Mm-hmm. So they've still got Aaron Baines and Nathan Sobey locked in. And if you've got a local as your star guard and a, a local as your star big man, it just gives you so much flexibility where you can bring in three imports to work around them. You don't yeah. need an import shooting guard. You don't need an import centre. Yeah, I mean, he's got those two pillars there. I think it's a great starting point. And I, I think he's already said that his first mm-hmm. um, focus is to bring in an import point guard. And I think ultimately that's what they were missing the most yeah. this season. Yeah, oh, for sure. And look, Tyler Johnson towards the end of the year was really good. Mm. Um, but I think they do need that pure point guard yep. for sure, for sure. Um, so lots of movement for them because mm. uh, they've got a lot of work to do to uh, to lift back up to uh, a, a decent standard. I do want to get your thoughts on Tyler Johnson. So I just don't think it's a fit for him at the Bullets no. because he's too similar to Nathan Sobey. They yep. virtually play the exact same role as that combo guard who love the ball in their hands, love to create off the dribble, mm-hmm. love to be aggressive, love to shoot. So they're, they're, to, me, to me, they're too similar. But I think what we saw from Tyler Johnson is that he's too good of a player for other NBL clubs mm-hmm. not to want to really throw everything at him. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be amazed if a number of clubs don't throw everything at him to get him next season. Would you, would you think we see him back in the NBL next season? I think we do. Yeah, mm. I definitely think we do. Um, but I, you're right, I don't think it's with Brisbane. Mm. Um, the way he finished the season was was really good, and that's yeah. kind of the Tyler Johnson that we thought we'd get. Um, mm. Obviously, it took a while to find his feet in the league, but um, now that he gets it and understands it, I think he can be um, – or he can make a real impact on, mm. uh, on a team. Um, mm. But, yeah, look, I, I don't think it's with Brisbane. Does anyone spring to mind? It's hard to know oh. because you, you don't know what sort of <laughs> rosters they're going to compile. But right. The two that spring to mind would be potentially the Phoenix or yep. the 36ers. Yeah, look, I think Phoenix is probably the one that sprung to mind straight away for mm. me. But, yeah, it, it's it's so up in the air because, you know, who else is going to stay? Who's going to who's gonna yeah, go? What What's the roster going to look like? Um, but you're right. Adelaide, I think, could be a really good fit mm. for them too. I think the way they play, want to get up and out mm. and run, I think it suits him perfectly. If he's alongside Cleveland and Franks, Tough. that's a pretty good three three man import combination. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, do they bring Ian Clark back? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ian Clark's a fascinating one. Do you get the feeling he wants to spend a whole season in the NBL, no. or is he happy playing these shorter shorter roles? Short little stints. Yeah, mm. it seems like he's happy to play these shorter little stints. Mm. He's probably know more towards the end of his career now mm. and, and happy to just play little bits and pieces here and there mm. um and make a big impact in the in that short time frame mm. um he probably doesn't want to go through a preseason, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> which is very fair yeah. <laughs> very fair it's a nice position to be in and i guess tyler johnson's in the same position where they're not doing it for the money no they can just play for the lo- love of the game at this point yeah absolutely and you know this is one of the best leagues in the world so mm. um yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they'd uh, enjoy playing down here. All right, Cody, let's wrap up by looking at the semifinals, the playoff series, whatever you want to call them. Hmm. But they're already underway. But 
Game one between the Sydney Kings and the Cairns Taipans on Wednesday night. Kudos Bank Arena. Um, refreshed Sydney Kings, but yeah. again, they haven't played for a week and a half. And those two games they played in the last round, they Wait they weren't it. at full strength and weren't really at full no, at full energy levels either. So, so they, they haven't played properly, I guess, for, for two weeks mm. now. Do you come out rusty or do you come out fresh? And if you're the Taipans, can you take advantage? And how do you try to, I guess, be fresh if you're the Taipans? It's tough. I mean... You're not going to be fresh if you can. So <laughs> yeah. Plain and simple. Um, Kings will come out. They'll come out uh, ready to go. Um, it may take them a quarter to really get their feet under them, though. Mm. Um, I think this one will be a really good close game. Um, the Kudos Bank is going to be absolutely bumping. Mm. Um, they've done an unbelievable job um, filling that stadium and, and making it a fortress. Mm. Um, what sort of number would you expect on a Wednesday night? It's tough, but I still think they'll get... Um, how close? To, well, how close to fifteen thousand can oh, they get? Look, I reckon they'll get close. I reckon yeah. it'll be low fourteens, yep. um, high thirteens even. But uh, yeah, just purely because it's on a Wednesday night. Yeah. But hey, it's, it's finals now, so mm. it's um, this is what you play all season for, and this is what the fans want to see. Mm. Um, so I think, uh, especially with with Forty saying he's put his roster together to beat the Kings, mm-hmm. I think that'll add that little bit of extra incentive and. Mm. Um, really have uh, the Kings fans come out in full force. Now, when he said that, he had in mind Keanu Pinder matching up with yes. Xavier Cooks. Yes, So yes. it's a lot, lot different, different. <laughs> a lot different now. How disappointing is it that we don't see Pinder against Cooks because oh, that sucks. would have been an absolute marquee matchup? Yeah, it really sucks. It's it's frustrating and it's it's basketball, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, but I think I think Cairns have done a really good job of, of covering for whoever's been out throughout mm. the whole season. I think they've done a good job... Um, Covering for Keanu while he's been out, and mm. a good job covering for Taj when he's been out. So look, it, it's going to be really interesting to see who goes to to Zave and I suppose um, it's Latman. Well, a, that's a, a whole one career starting yeah, into exactly. his NBA life. Yeah. Here's the MVP. Go guard him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, look, it's going to be interesting. But I think uh, it might be DJ Hogue. They, they possibly seem, that seems like a probably a natural yeah, matchup. Yeah, I think so. Probably a bit more physical. Mm. Um, just that bit smarter on defense. I mm. think is probably the big thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, intriguing matchup. It's going to be a, a lot of fun to watch this one. And look, if you're going to get me to pick these games, I have no <laughs> idea, man. I have honestly no idea. Look, I, I I do think the Kings get this one at home. The Kings, are, I haven't seen the odds, but I imagine they're similar favoritism to what Xavier Cooks was for the MVP la- last so, last yeah. week, which was incredible that he was paying a dollar six. Yeah, I know. the Kings are probably paying some, something close to this game. But do you give the Taipans more of a chance than that would suggest? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Cairns have been really good all year um, and people seem to think they're not as good as they actually are, mm. um, especially with these two out. You know, yeah. people kind of just underrate them and, uh, you know, they're, they're without Keanu, they're without Taj, we're good. It's and I think fine. they play with that chip on their shoulder too, thinking that nobody thinks yeah. they're any good. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's 40 pumping them up big yep. time. Yep. Um, there's a reason he's coach of the year. Mm. So, look, I, I do give them a, an absolute red hot chance at this one um and this series as well you know yeah. it's it's certainly not a, a pushover for the for the kings by any stretch of the imagination game two of the other series thursday night my state bank arena yep that's <sighs> yeah can the jack jumpers turn it around against the breakers it's, it's hard to see it, it really is hard to see without majet out there being that floor general and um look we've been probably a bit harsh on majet this year because his numbers haven't been the, mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. um but you're really seeing how impactful he is when he's not out there now. Yeah. 
I think Milton Doyle has been the biggest beneficiary of him because he creates for him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, look, it's it's tough and, you know, some of those young guys have got to step up. Mm. Um, and then, you know, not even just the young guys, you've got guys like Weeksy who yes. needs to step up too. Um, they need their captain to play. Does Clint Stein will have to just push through and play? That's tough. It's, it's a tough one. And, you know, he's not had his best year by any stretch either. No. Um, yeah, look, it, it it's hard to see Tassie beaten New Zealand. Um, and It's hard to see them just scoring more than it, 70 points, to well, be honest, it isn't is. it? It really is. Um, and look, if New Zealand come out with that same intensity they did the other night, then I think they'll run away with it. All right, so game two between the Taipans and the Kings will be in Cairns on Friday night, and then if either series or both series go to game three, they'll be on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you expect the breakers to take care of business against yeah. the Jack Jumps in two? Yep, yep. I think that's, uh, yeah, that's going to happen. Do the Taipans and the Kings go to three games, or, or yep, what do you think happens in that series? Sydney. Yep, that's going back to Sydney. I think Cairns get that one at home, and it's going back to Sydney for game three. All right, so we'll see how that plays out, and we'll see how your predictions pan out, Cody. Mm-hmm. It, would, it would be interesting if we kept tracking them through the season to see what sort of a, <laughs> a winning percentage you'd be going at. <laughs> so it wouldn't be a very good percentage, I don't think. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll come back next week and talk about that. We'll know who's in the grand final. We'll have a, we'll have a re- week to recover yep. over the fever break as well with a couple of games for the Boomers, and then we'll get ready for the, the grand final series. But if, if you had to put your neck on the line, would you say it's the Kings and the Breakers? I think so. Yeah, look, I, I really think so, and that's... <sighs> Purely because Cairns just don't have their full full roster. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, I think probably the two two of the best teams throughout the whole season. Um, so, yeah, I think it will eventually be Kings Breakers. That would uh, be, a, be hell of a hell of a series, wouldn't it? Yeah, it will. Uh, I'm hoping that one goes to five. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Big crowds too. I mean, potentially could get across five games, 60,000 people. Yeah, that'd be uh, very impressive and very good for the league. All right, Cody, it's been a big show. We we wondered how we would go filling up an hour, but we had no problem at Done all. More, so yeah. plenty, pl- plenty to talk about once again. Um, thank you for joining me. Um, it's an exciting time of the year. When we come back, we'll know who's playing for the NBL Championship. Mm-hmm. We're down to the final four right now. It's been a lot to break down. I'm Chris Pike. I'll wrap it up there and leave you with the, the final say, Cody. Finals basketball. It's what we, uh, it's what we enjoy. It's, uh, it's going to be uh, a heck of a series between Sydney and Cairns. And look, I'm, I hope I'm wrong and Jack Jumpers get one over the breakers and it, it sends it to three. Um, but nah, look, looking forward to all these games.